Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast. My name is Jenny Helms, and I'm an emotional eating coach and marriage and family therapist. I help people address the roots of their disordered eating and body image issues. I'm Lisa Perkins, owner of Primal Transformations. I'm a certified personal trainer and precision nutrition coach. I use a paleo framework to help clients transform their health, body, and life. The Mind Your Body podcast is all about empowering you to live your best life. We aim to grow a community of empowered women who are ready to transform their health and lives using a real approach that is all about getting back in touch with ourselves and not fueled by self-loathing. This journey requires a healthy dose of humor, perspective, and self-compassion. Our goal for this podcast is to help you achieve sustainable results that you get to keep. Please remember, the following podcast is not intended to be a substitute or implied to be medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider when making changes to your diet and lifestyle. Welcome to the show. This is the Mind Your Body Podcast, episode number 18, Doing the Work, Part Uno. Yeah, so we decided to chunk down this topic into three different podcasts because as we started discussing it, we realized that this would be a monster podcast otherwise. So Yes. There's yeah. so much meat to it that yeah. we, we just want to give it to you in digestible sizes. And this was the best way we felt like we could give it to you and really do each part justice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So based on some of the conversations, Jenny, that I had this weekend, I think we need to remind people who we are. And oh, yeah. Where we, sure. why, are we, <laughs> why we're talking Why right are now? we talking to you? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, so who are you? So who am I? That's, you know, that could be a whole podcast. I know. That's just You're searching. Right. You're right. <laughs> searching the uh, the abyss on that one. Um, but one of my one of my titles and what I do is I'm a marriage and family therapist and I specialize with and eating disorders and I work a lot with women's issues in general. And I've also I'm also a coach and I've worked with disordered eating for quite some time. So I wear a few different hats, but I'm very passionate about helping women get into their mojo and feel good about their life from the inside out. And I, yeah, that's what I love doing. Yeah, that's awesome. And she does a phenomenal job. She works with a number of my clients as well. (laughs) So, so I consider myself to be a paleo transformation coach. So I work on the nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle and mindset components of transformation. So uh, like Jenny, I really want to help women get their mojo back. We just kind of, you know, hit things from slightly different angles. And I really do my best to help people craft a vision for what's possible in their life and then to let go of the obstacles and self-sabotage that is preventing them from getting from here to there. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, and that's kind of, you know, relates a little bit to to what we're going to be talking about today because it's that murky middle between where we are now and where we want to be. It's the doing the work part. Yes. That gets kind of fuzzy and disjointed and it's kind of like that success path that's the scribble yep that you see yep. you know which you know is fine to some extent but yeah it so is. yeah as long as you're moving forward and I think that right. that's a good point is that hardly ever is this a linear path um, so important yeah to but, talk about but that's but it's okay that it's a squiggle as long as you're actually squiggling your way along right you know? and 
So I, the first part that we're going to be talking about today, we're going to really be talking about getting clear on what you're wanting to achieve. We can call that goals, although mm-hmm. that's kind of a loaded word, <laughs> but yes. where you're trying to get in your life, you know, what you're trying to let go of or, you know, how you want to feel and show up in your life. We're going to talk about that, but if you're not really crystal clear on where it is you're headed, then the squiggles are going to just be going in circles. And, you know, the reason that I personally wanted to really talk about this today is I think it is very damaging to our sense of self and sense of kind of self-efficacy, what we can accomplish in our life when we feel like we have something that we want to accomplish, but we're not really clear on the work that needs to be done and we're certainly not doing it consistently, we feel really out of alignment and Mm. that starts to bleed over into other areas. And I know for myself, because this is something Jenny and I talk about in terms of business, you know, goals, you know, that can really lead to depression. It can undermine our confidence Mm. in ourselves. And, you know, just like, showing up in our life manifests everywhere in our life when we're not showing up somewhere that we think matters to us mm-hmm. that also kind of has ricochets yeah well in other areas i think you said it so beautifully that you know if we aren't doing those things that we say matter to us we lose trust in ourselves mm-hmm. and that's where people struggle with their self-esteem is a sense of how do I know that I'm going to do the thing that matters to me because I've, I've shown myself over time that I'm not actually doing it and they lose that trust. And I think that that's where I see a lot of women and men struggle with like, again, how can I have faith in myself Mm -hmm. if I can't trust myself to do things? Right. So the reason that we're breaking this down into three parts is that we, in other podcasts, we are going to cover the self-sabotage, the self-limiting beliefs, the Mm -hmm. how to make it not feel like drudgery, you know, all of those parts. But today, I think what we really want to cover is how to figure out what you really want and get really clear on that, but also not to make it so huge that you're already tired tomorrow and next month. Yes. That it's just too daunting to even launch into. So that's kind of the first part. And then we want to talk about break, you know, getting clear on where you want to go, kind of that outcome goal, and then what are the action steps you need to take consistently in order to achieve it? Because you can have as clear a vision as you want, but if you are doing things that don't have anything to do with that goal, and then you're flummoxed and disappointed mm-hmm. that you're not getting there, then again, it goes back to what you said. Then you feel like you failed. Right. And it undermines your self-esteem. So, so this is going to be kind of the heart of this podcast is getting clear on, on what you want. Right. And I think that that's so huge because, you know, I've seen this in my client's life. I've seen this in my own life that if we come out with this very vague goal, Mm -hmm. it almost gives us permission to not achieve it Mm -hmm. because we're not actually painting that really specific picture Mm -hmm of what we want and doing the pre-work of like, okay, what do I really want? So that not only am I making sure that this is in alignment with who I am, but that I am so crystal clear on it that 
I can take, I can break it down into steps, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that people don't do that work mm-hmm. thinking, I'm just going to like change my life to align with this vague goal out right. there. Right. Like um, lose weight. Right. That's or, vague. Right. Yeah. It, that's just so nebulous. What does that, what does even, that even mean? mean? And it, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not compelling. No. We have to have a compelling reason that we want to achieve something that we really want to feel a certain way. And I think you described it really well when you talked about how to visualize this. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So one of the things I'll do when I have clients, you know, they'll come in and say, oh, I want to feel this way, or I just want to do this thing. Um, But they're not really tying that into how that will look in their lives. And so what I ask them to do is to describe a full day of your life if you were to be feeling that feeling or if you were living that goal, what would that look like? How would you wake up? How would you eat breakfast? How would your relationships be different? How would, you know, even like the clothes you're wearing, would you mm-hmm. wear different clothes? Would you carry yourself differently? Mm-hmm. Like wh- how would that really look for you to embody that goal mm-hmm. or direction in life that you want to live? Yeah. So we hear so much about vision boards and, yeah. you know, and it sounds visualization, but, but this is part of it. And, yes. you know, you don't have to do any of those tangible things if you don't want to, but it really is spending some time really thinking about it, hopefully getting it down on paper, really writing out, how do I want to show up? What does that look like for me? Mm-hmm. And is that compelling? It, uh, yeah. And is it right? compelling, right? Because maybe this like, you know, getting to this certain body fat percentage or a size goal wasn't really compelling, mm-hmm. but the parts of it that are for me are, are, you know, getting off medications or, you know, the freedom that I'll feel once I'm living in alignment with like how I tell people to take care of themselves, but then I struggle to do that for myself. Right. Absolutely. I think that there are a fair number of people that consistently say they're on a diet or feel like they should be on a diet Mm -hmm. that don't really, they don't have a compelling reason. Right. And I just, I want to shout from the rooftops, let it go. You don't have to want to lose weight. Right. Right. And we need to, part of this, you know, getting clarity process is as much shedding some of these goals that you feel like should matter to you. It's that shooting all over ourselves again, Mm -hmm. Does it really matter to you? Because if it doesn't, oh my gosh, free up that bandwidth. Yes. And focus on the things that do matter to you. Absolutely. That's such a great point. Yeah. I think that's such a big deal because the reality is that change is so hard. Changing our habits is hard and it feels infinitely harder if we don't, we're not excited Mm -hmm. about this thing that we really want. You know, I think many of us have probably had those experiences in our life where there was something that we wanted badly enough, whether it was to buy a new car and we needed to save the money to get there. We were so excited about that thing Mm -hmm. that we were willing to kind of go through the pain of saying no to ourselves sometimes if we wanted, you know, a new outfit or whatever. Yeah. You know, in order to suck it up in the moment, to move past the resistance of what I want now and focus on what I want most... Mm-hmm. Boy, you have to have a compelling reason. You do. Because our brains are not hardwired for long-term goal setting. 
They're not. And, you know, in the sense that to start that process, you're going to have to take up so much bandwidth that you're going to have to say no to things. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it has to be compelling enough for you to say no to some of the other things in your life that you've been saying yes to in lieu of doing this goal. Right. And, And it goes back to the concept of if you really want something, then what is most comfortable to do now is going to make you uncomfortable later because it's likely not going to lead you towards that vision, right? Mm -hmm. And what's a little bit uncomfortable right now will feel really comfortable later. Mm -hmm. But again, if you don't kind of have that line sight focus of where you're trying to go, making those decisions in the moment becomes very murky. It does. Right? Whether to go to the gym or have the pizza or whatever it is, depending on, on what you're trying to achieve, we have to lock on to what we really want. And it's got to feel exciting, Jenny. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. It can't just be this ugh feeling Yeah. that all I can see. And so part of that is, you know. So <laughs> the other side of this is if we have a goal that's too huge, right? It's too big that it's not even like really. <sighs> it's more like a wish. Yeah, it's more like a wish and it's just not really in alignment with us because I feel like people get so caught up in thinking, oh, this very large looming goal will be the thing that makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that maybe there's some components of that that are like spot on for Mm -hmm. what will make them happy, but it doesn't have to look so huge, Mm -hmm. right? Or it doesn't have to look exactly that way when maybe it's something that's not very tangible in the here and now. A a perfect example of what you're saying is you hear people saying, I want to be a millionaire. Right. Okay. Well, then there are the exercises of figuring out what is your freedom number? Mm -hmm. What is the number that you need to get to per month that makes you feel how you want to feel? And for most of us, that's going to be much less than what adds up to a million dollars in a year, right? So that's the difference between those two things. And the other, you know, the fact is that when we set these huge goals, our brain, our BS meter is just going off. (laughs) And again, you know, that will, will cover kind of the self-limiting beliefs and the stories we have about ourselves in other parts of this series. But if you don't really believe you have, you know, a chance of achieving that, what is the likelihood that you're going to do any of the things Mm -hmm. to follow through on that? I mean, it's just, it's a lot to ask your brain to even picture, right? And I think even like, you know, I work a lot with women in body image. I know that there's women that I've worked with that have had these goals that are literally physically impossible. And so it's like, they're like, I want to look like a Victoria's Secret model. And it's like, okay, that's not even like, I mean, even the the goals that they have, they're kind of comparing themselves to magazines and like these Photoshopped images. And it's really screwing with them because they're like, they don't realize how amazing and beautiful they are because they're like, you know, again, they're pushing themselves into this, I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be this like, what's 0.00000 repeating 1% of the mm-hmm. population of the world. Right. And right? The sacri- we're not acknowledging the sacrifices that those women have made. Yeah. Right? It's like comparing 
us as an entrepreneur to a Steve Jobs right? and looking at the sacrifices that he made. And saying that we want to live our lives like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to do any disrespect to Steve Jobs, but I also don't want to live my life like him. And that's part <laughs> of getting really, really clear on what you're willing to do, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. I know for myself, sure, if, if you could sprinkle fairy dust on me and make me a millionaire or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, a body composition goal or whatever. But if I'm being honest with myself, I am not willing to do any of the things mm-hmm. that are going to get me to that thing, to that outcome. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm very clear about that, but I think a lot of us really haven't thought that through it. We have to be realistic about whether these goals, you know, if we're willing to work hard enough to achieve them, right. you know, and if it's worth the sacrifice, if it's worth it. I exactly. Think that's and bigger. so many times I just don't think it is. And by chunking down our goals, first of all, it feels much more realistic to our brain. It feels much less daunting mm-hmm. and it helps us build what we talk about all the time, the confidence and momentum. Yes. You know, really breaking things down in, okay, you know, how do I want to feel in a month? Right. From now or six months, you know, but some small amount of time that then you break it down and, and we'll cover that in the next step of kind of your process goals. But, but if you don't feel like you can achieve these big, you know, I want to lose a hundred pounds, gosh, that's first of all, number goals, I don't think. They're not my favorite. <laughs> I don't think they're very helpful because yeah. you're always, it basically sets you up for disappointment every single time. Because even if you are making progress towards that, mm-hmm. you're constantly disappointed that it's not going fast enough. Right, right. And I think that people, they lose sight of giving themselves credit for like the mm. healthy changes that they're making That's it. because they're so focused on what their number is telling them and like in their worthiness or how, how successful they are. But yes. it's such a success to be taking steps towards it. And the things that are, you know, again, they don't mm-hmm. show up on a scale. Yeah. And so people, again, they lose sight of all oh, of that. That's such, such a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is something. And if, you know, you're someone who's working with me that, you know, I talk about this all the time that we have to celebrate your consistency. We have to celebrate all of the new habits that you've built and the things that, you know, you used to do that weren't healthy, that aren't even on your radar anymore, or the inflammation that's gone down, the joint pain that's disappeared. Those are changes that we tend to discount. And Our brains are kind of wired, especially as women, to only focus on how far we have left to go. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, we're going to encourage you to go back and listen to our podcast about accumulating small wins that that's what helps us keep going. Yeah. That's what, that's where motivation comes from. It It doesn't waft in under the door. There's this, I remember there was this phrase that I remember learning in my own recovery that was super helpful because, you know, how I see this play out with my uh, clients who have eating disorders is the sense that they're supposed to be recovered already and that they'll get frustrated with the fact that they're struggling. Um, And it was the just noticeable difference of like you switching just a small thing, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of focusing on I'm supposed to be completely transformed Mm -hmm. or, you know, in who you are. And that's not necessarily like a body thing, but just Mm -hmm. like in how you are in the world, Mm -hmm. just noticing the small 
noticeable differences that you'll pick up on or that like, I don't know, just giving yourself credit for the really small things along the way to and, see that you're And what feels progress. easier now. Yeah. That's the power of habit that we talk about all the time. But that, that is such a huge win when you realize that something that felt really hard in the beginning is now just what you do. Yeah. Or, you know, in, in the case of eating disorders, maybe how you think about your body in a different way. That is such a huge deal. And it, it isn't quite as tangible as a number on a scale, but in terms of your mojo, your confidence, how you show up in the world, it's every bit, if not more powerful. It is. So that's a big deal. So I think one of the things that we wanted to touch on here is the difference between a kind of getting back to baseline goal and a next level goal. This is a little bit of an ephemeral concept, but I think it is really important to differentiate these because Jenny and I, you know, you and I both work with clients that really have serious health concerns, mm-hmm. right? And so that is a compelling reason, or we want that to be a compelling reason and help people connect the dots there that, you know, getting your health to a place where you are mitigating, you know, serious illness yeah, and really showing up for yourself and caring for yourself, you know, in a much different way is really different than having a goal of optimizing your fitness or optimizing your body composition, kind of losing those vanity pounds. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, you know, our last episode was on tracking. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. applicable there, but those are really, really different. And so if you are being clear, if you're at a place in your life where there's a lot going on, you're kind of, feeling maxed out in other areas with family or with work, that kind of thing, that's maybe not a time to take on a next level goal. Yeah, definitely because, not. Right? Because, and, you know, you talked about that today about we can be hiding in yeah. those. Well, yeah, we could hide in the next level goals when life is stressful as well. But, and, and also in the sense that we're kind of, again, like we were just talking about setting ourselves up for failure because we know That's such a good that point. we're not in the right environment to go there. Yeah. Um, but I think even more so the other piece of that is like, you know, I feel like most people, it's, it's the good enough goals, right? Because mm-hmm. I think, again, our brains, I think a lot of people that we're talking to are probably perfectionist, or there's at least a large majority that probably have, can relate to that. And so when they make these goals, they make them in the sense that I've got to have this really high level goal because mm-hmm. that's kind of what perfectionists do is they set these really lofty goals. Like I have to make A's on everything right? unless I suck. It's that black right. or white thinking. And so getting very clear about making a good enough goal. And I I know that that. that's been like the struggle that I've had personally too, you know, being a, I would call a recovering perfectionist Mm -hmm. where I will set these super lofty goals instead of creating more good enough, realistic goals, Mm -hmm. knowing that, you know, I'm going to have anxiety about that and fail, you know, right. And hiding in that perfectionism. And so I just want to challenge people that if that's you, Mm -hmm. that you get really comfortable with the term good enough. And I know that that doesn't sound sexy or glamorous. And I know that originally for me, I was like, oh yeah, screw that. But good enough has been such a like 
lifesaver for me. I think, I mean, you can even, you know, call it kind of a more positive thing. It's a, it's a balanced goal. Yeah. Where you are honoring the other areas of your life and keeping things in balance. I know when I've been in a place of next level goals in terms of my body composition, I was really dishonoring, nurturing my relationships, my finances, many other areas of my life. Yeah. I was out of balance there. And I know for myself that I was definitely doing some hiding. This was an area of my life that I felt like I could control. Mm. Whereas some of the other areas maybe didn't feel that way. And so, and also some of these next level goals, there's some issues of your self-worth that maybe you don't feel like you're worthy until you are at that 0.1%, right? Mm -hmm. That that's your way of kind of, you know, grabbing back at some self-esteem. So really differentiating between, gosh, I need to get my, you know, I would like my labs to be better Mm -hmm. or, you know, my blood sugar balanced, the inflammation down, whatever, you know, that's a whole different thing. Yes. That's kind of a self-care parenting issue that, you know, even if things are a little frenetic in other areas of your life, you probably want to still, you need to rejigger your priorities maybe a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that those are, yeah. again, that's the compelling part of the yeah. goal, right? Yeah. That makes for a compelling goal versus it being, again, about our struggle for control, our perfectionism, or, you know, again, yeah, our avoiding our shame, hustling for our self-worth, right? Right. Because I think that a exactly. lot of people feel like if I can just be this like crazy statistic or whatever, mm-hmm. do this to the extreme, that at least in this one area, mm-hmm. it's like, haha, I'm yeah. better than people. But that's, you know, at the end of the day, that that doesn't work out very well. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't because those kinds of goals are ones that you maybe can really focus and drill down on for a while, but you're for the long term, you're probably not going to be willing to do the thing to keep that result. And then you're going to feed that shame spiral. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's coming from a place of ego and shame right. at the end of the day. Right. If we're being completely honest with yeah. ourselves. So I think about, you know, the, the example off the top of my head is people that do kind of some of these fitness competitions and that kind of thing. And again, I'm not saying that <laughs> everyone does this from a place of, you know, being unhealthy or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But I do know that there are a lot of people that really struggle with their body image Mm -hmm. after they do these shows because they have literally put 110% of their focus there. Yes. And And gosh, you know, again, it's, I, my example that I use all the time is like trying to hold a beach ball underwater. Mm -hmm. You can do that for 12 weeks, Mm -hmm. but that beach ball is coming out and And then you're going to always be potentially comparing your physique, which is now normal Mm -hmm. to like you're healthy. Right. Exactly. To this, you know, really, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. Very rigid, unhealthy. Well, because I know a lot of people obsessive. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, for sure. I think that my experience of that is that I really don't know that it can be very there's probably a very small percentage of people that could do that and maintain a sense of mental health. Right. I haven't even really seen it, to be honest. I haven't, I haven't seen either. one person. I haven't either. I'm trying to be diplomatic, but, but yeah, I I'm trying either, to like so. open my mind to yeah. the possibility. Cause mm-hmm. again, I don't want to say that every person's 
unhealthy, but I haven't personally been at the forefront of seeing someone do it in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that, and I see a lot of people again, start to hate their bodies and Mm -hmm. like think that their body is the enemy when it's getting healthy. So if you're kind of tuning out and thinking, well, I would never do one of those shows. So none of this applies to me. There are gradations of this. Okay. So maybe you have a high school reunion coming up or a wedding or a vacation on the beach. And so you're willing to really drill down and do one of these next level goals. But you kind of know going into this that these are not habits that you're willing to maintain. Later, we need to be forward thinking and think about the costs. Yes. To, you know, our sense of self when on the other side of that event. Right. When we cycle back out of that and we become a little, you know, more natural, softer, what's normal for us, you know, how's that going to impact us? When I'd really, I'd have people really question their why on that, because I feel like an event, if you're doing it just for an event for that acute period of time, I'd almost wonder if that's more ego driven or more driven by a sense of like, I'm supposed to look a certain way for the certain event than really driven Isn't that by exactly what it is. <laughs> it, what else would it be? I don't know. I'm trying to I don't again, know what else that give would people be. the benefit of the doubt okay. that like, no. you just have to question yourself as to why you're doing that. Right. Because at the end of the day, that isn't really serving you. Well, it's a, it's a way of protecting ourselves. I mean, it is, it's about, you know, Protecting our ego, our self-worth, how we feel like we should look in order to be respected and validated in our society. So again, it goes back to so many things that we've talked about, but I just think it is so critical that we don't just seize on a goal without thinking it through. Yeah. Whether really visualizing what we want or thinking about the potential costs for even striving towards this thing. Yeah. Are we willing to do what it takes to achieve it? And if we are, what are the costs on the other side of this? How long are we willing to do that? You know, I say to my clients all the time, I want to help you develop an eating plan that you can easily see yourself continuing with for at least the next five years. Right. So it's like, you know, when you're, when you're creating that image of what that day will look like, really ask yourself once you've painted that picture, like, is this a day that I want to keep on reliving every single day for like five years, maybe Mm -hmm. even to just put it in perspective? Because I think if you're like, oh, this is a great ideal day, but then you, you realize like, it's such a like stressful day for you to live every single day. Like, and and the sacrifices and and that kind of thing. So, so this is, you know, you and I talk so much about self-awareness and honesty with ourselves It's not easy to do that, but it is so important. This is about giving a gift to our future selves to say, I'm not going to hand you this egregious goal that you're not willing or able to even do the things to achieve. And then you're going to feel bad about yourself, or I'm going to give you this goal that after you achieve it, you're not going to be willing to maintain the outcome. And then you're going to feel bad about yourself. So think it through, think it through people. Think it through. Yeah. Yeah. So we managed to, I can't believe how long we managed to talk about that. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm we, glad we, we chunked us down. Yes. yes for that sure. was, that was good. For sure. So 
let's let's give them a specific example of how we want to turn this from an outcome goal, which is what we've been talking about, mm-hmm. um, is like that spe- that long term goal that you have that you've gotten really this clear vision. on this vision, and how you can create you can kind of chunk that down into what we call process goals, mm-hmm. which are you know the actual actions you need to take to achieve that result, the specific right. steps you know so day by day we have to actually do things. Yeah, is that what you're implying and chunk it down very specifically yeah. because yeah. we can't do losing, you mm-hmm. know, weight or having good labs. I don't know right. how you do that. Right. Right. So <laughs> we're going to give you an example. So, so what we're saying is, you know, with a goal, there are kind of two sides of that coin. One is the outcome, the result that you want. Mm-hmm. And on the other side is the process goals. You cannot have one without the other. You mm-hmm. have to get clear on what the key steps are going to be that you need to take consistently in order to achieve this goal. And I think this is the part where many of us falter. Right. Well, and this, okay, here's the thing. I know that this kind of sounds like, duh. You know, Mm -hmm. I know that when I was first kind of incorporating this concept into my life, it sounded duh, but I wasn't doing that work. Right. And it did make a difference Mm -hmm. as to whether I chunked it down into the process or not. Mm -hmm. Like the process goals where it's like, let's get super specific. So I just want to challenge people to not fast forward this part, to really take this in and do this work because it does make a difference in our Mm -hmm. brains. Yeah. No, it it makes all the difference. And I think overarching, like if we can come back up kind of to the 10,000 foot view, if you're feeling like your chest getting tight right now when you're thinking about, I don't want to commit to the certain action steps that I have to take, this is where you get to, first of all, go back to step one Mm -hmm. and decide if this outcome is something that really really matters to you, first of all. And if not, you know, you get to move on. But understand that these process goals are things that you are defining for yourself. No one is imposing these upon you. Yeah. Right. That being said, sometimes depending on what your goal is, it can be very helpful to talk with a coach to help define what are the priorities. Yes. Right? Because, you know, we talk about the big rocks that are going to have the most impact. Mm -hmm. Right? If we are choosing 50 different action items that we have to do every week, gosh, that's exhausting. That is exhausting. To even think about. But what are the, you know, two or three things? And again, you and I talk all the time about maybe starting with one. Just one. Just one, right? Mm-hmm. And then getting comfortable with that. And when that starts to feel easy, aka habitual, mm-hmm. adding another. But part of that requires patience. It does. Right? It does. Something we're not super excited about. But I'll tell you, if you want results you get to keep, defining the, ac- the key action steps and then being patient about how many you take on mm-hmm. at one time, because we can get all fired up about doing all the things and do all the things for three days or a week or 10 days. And then life happens like we've talked about. And then pretty soon you're not doing any of the things. Right. You know, slow is fast. It is. In this case. It is. And yeah, again, I know that our brains want to like fast forward, but that this is huge to just make your goal worth there, there's another quote, sorry. So I'm like thinking about this because my uh, 
one of my favorite people told me this quote. It was like, anything worth doing is worth doing slowly. That's good. And I genuinely believe that. And when I was first told that, honestly, my stomach kind of turned because I was like, oh, because I love to just fast forward through things Mm -hmm. and be super efficient. And I'm putting up air quotes right now. Um, But what I realized is that the things that do truly matter, it is worth us taking our time on. And so again, making these goals something that matters enough to you to have that patience, to take your time with it. Mm -hmm. Because you know, like in the end, it's worth you taking your time to figure this out and to give yourself grace in that process. Like we're not going to just change completely overnight. And to really understand that going in, that's, and we'll cover this more in future podcasts, but you need to be so clear that you're not always going to do the thing. No. And we want you to be honest about that. We'll talk about that in In a future podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And talk about really having integrity with your choices, but to understand it is not going, you know, we joke about all the time you lay out how, how long a task is going to take and then you double it. Yep. Right. Well, you know, that's not necessarily the case with your goals, but it is being clear that we are human. We are not robots. Right. And life is going to happen and it's not going to be perfect. And let's expect that. Yes. Right. That doesn't mean don't hold ourselves to a higher standard Mm -hmm. and let ourselves off the hook and make excuses, but it means having some grace Mm -hmm. with the process and having it not suck the whole time. (laughs) Exactly. Right. That's the part that we're trying to avoid. So can you help us with an example here, Jenny, when we're talking about yeah. Breaking this down. Breaking this down. So an example of an outcome goal would be, I want my labs to come back normal within the next six months. And maybe again, if we were to double that a year, right? If we're going to give ourselves plenty of time to do that and grace in that. Um, and so figuring out what's our big why, why does this matter to me? Well, this matters to me because I want to have more energy. I don't want to have to stress over all the different health risks, or maybe I have even had mm-hmm. a health scare that's been very compelling for me to not want to go back into that. Um, I want to be around for my grandkids. And I think the last one, honestly, I feel is the most important reason. I want to eat in a way that shows that I care about myself, especially, you know, again, I see a lot of people showing how much they care about other people in their lives Mm -hmm. and then not showing themselves how much they care through how they treat themselves and their health. And I just feel like you've got to really get clear with yourself about why it is that you're, you know, you're kind of outputting so much to other Mm -hmm. people and then not living in alignment with that for yourself. I love that so much because I think we externalize our goals and then we feel like it's something that someone else imposed upon us. And then the whole process feels like a lot of friction. Yeah. Right. And the way you're talking about it feels nurturing. Yeah. So thinking about our goals in a way that this is a way of caring for ourselves. And if your goal doesn't align with caring for yourself, then mm, see you later. Go back to step one. (laughs) Right. Again, we're not, if you have a goal to look like a Victoria's Secret model and you're not a Victoria's Secret model, that's not a nurturing goal. I mean, even if your goals look like a Victoria's Secret model and you are a Victoria's Secret that's model. That's a good point. Like, okay. I don't know if, you're, well if that's taken. really in alignment with taking care of yourself. Yeah. But Okay. No, that's, that's good. Just throwing okay, that one So out how there. would you break that down 
you're, you want your lab to come back normal within the next six months, what would your process goals look like? Yeah. So process goals would look something like I want to meal prep. Oh, well, shopping the perimeter of the food store and focusing on whole foods, making that a part of your consistent, you know, shopping trip. Not the store whole foods. <laughs> not the store. Okay, just wanted to. <laughs> no, that's a good clear for the listening audience. <laughs> um, and this is an ad, brought <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. No, just the whole foods, and we're talking about you know your fruits and vegetables and you know organic meats and grass fed. I mean, we could go and let's we, let's refer to can, another episode right, for right. that. We've but talked yeah, about that. Whole foods. Um, meal prepping twice per week. So. And setting specific days like Sunday and Wednesday. I know that that's something that people, you know, that's a common one. I do mine all in one day because I don't have my middle of the week usually. But yeah, making that very specific. Um, Walking 30 minutes at least five days per week. Uh, Prioritizing sleep. Revisiting your goals every single day. So taking, you know, two to Mm -hmm. three minutes. Because, I mean, that's literally all it would take to really review this stuff. Two to three minutes to do that. Um, and celebrate sticking to your commitments. And if you make a mistake, getting back on track with the good choices. Right. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we want the mindset part of that to be, or mm-hmm. how we feel like that would that sh- it would be best. How am I trying to say this? The mindset piece that will help you be in a successful place right. versus beating up yourself. Yeah, it's a mindset for success, really. Yeah. But okay, so I love this. So what I'm hearing is that you set a goal. You know, we're going to pretend this is you. Okay. You set a goal that is really compelling and meaningful to you. You've yeah. really visualized why this matters to you in a very specific way, right? And then you've laid out not only ex- the really high level action steps that are going to be very impactful at, to getting you towards this goal, but you got granular. Yeah. You got really specific about the days that you're going to meal prep, how much you are willing like this, the walking 30 minutes, at least five days per week, that feels realistic, mm-hmm. right? So, so we're not going to set process goals that we are unlikely to commit to. Right. What I say to my clients is that I don't want you to commit to a process goal that on a scale of one to 10, you are not realistically at a nine or a 10 willing to commit to. Willing and able, right? Absolutely. Like, so for instance, you know, like if you have not been running for several Good years point. and you want to like run a 5K Absolutely. every day, that's just, that's just no. not even so true. fun. Yeah. So true. So what we don't want in these process goals is to set ourselves up for disappointment, shame spiral, yep. frustration with ourselves, right? We want to... I, you know, I, it's not a great way to say it, but the way I often describe it is kind of underwhelm ourselves mm-hmm. with, you know, what we're willing to commit to. Because again, building this success cycle of, oh gosh, look at me. I did all of the things that I said I would do. That's what builds confidence, motivation, momentum. Yes. And then the likelihood that we're going to continue to stick to these processes is so much higher yeah. versus committing to, I will go to the gym five days per week when you probably know full well, that's not likely to happen. Right. 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 That's a toxic wish. It is. It really is. Yeah. It really is. So, yeah. And I love that you, you made that point that, you know, again, underwhelm may seem like a bad term, but it really is making these goals 
and I, I'm going to use this term, I know you don't like it, but good enough, good yeah. enough goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but we know that overwhelm is the death knell it is. of any goal, of any plan. You know, the second we get into that nervous system, you know, red line overload, you know, that's when we ditch the whole thing. Yeah. Right. And knowing that so that you can't sophisticatedly like kind of, uh, talk yourself out of your goal. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that that's one of our downfalls. Once we become adults is we're right. so good at like tricking ourselves out of things. Right. And so this is right. a good way of being like, all right, right. Let's keep this real. Yeah. And I think that is our brain trying to protect us. You know, we're trying, our ego wants to protect <laughs> us from that sense of failure. So we come up with excuses to not even try. Right. Right. So, so we wanted to talk just a little bit about kind of the mindset shifts that, you know, being in integrity with the process that you chose for yourself. How do you do that? Right? Because this, this whole series is about doing the work. How do we get out of our own way Mm -hmm. long enough to show up? Well, and we, we've kind of listed out what we believe are some really good parameters and guidelines to kind of set up your mindset for this entire process so that mm-hmm. you do have integrity with the goals that you chose, mm-hmm. right? And we're, we're putting that, it that way to, make, to ensure that you feel empowered in this, mm-hmm. that it was your choice, right? Yes. And that's important. Yeah, so, in order to limit that resistance and rebellion. Yep. Like, we need to own that. We need to own our own our goals. Mm-hmm. So the first part of that is not making excuses for our choices. So we're going to own our entire experience, whether we are choosing, you know, maybe something that's in alignment with our goals or when we're not, right? Mm-hmm. Both we're going to own because, you know, I know it might sound weird to own when you are in alignment, but I know that there are different times where people will judge what you're doing or they might like say something mm-hmm. about it, but just being like, yeah, this is a part of me working towards my goal or, right. or when you're not in alignment saying, yes, I did something today that was out of alignment with my goal. Right. And just yep. owning that, right. having integrity with right. it. Right. Rather than blaming circumstances, blaming other people, Time. say, <laughs> I chose to not make this a priority or yes. to not go to the, to not go to the gym, to, do, to not do the meal prep. I chose to eat the macaroni and cheese, whatever, whatever it is. And we are not talking about shaming ourselves. Right. This is completely different. We are just talking about being honest with where we're at mm-hmm. and being okay with that, saying this is what I chose. It's so healing. Today. Yeah. This has been such a huge groundbreaking shift in my life. You know, mm-hmm. realizing that I have been essentially lying to myself in so many areas for so long in order to protect my ego. Yeah. Right? In order to not feel bad about not doing the thing, blaming, you know, circumstances or whatever, we feel out of alignment. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't. So the first step is to just, you know, not make excuses, to just own it. Say, I'm an adult. I chose to do the thing or not do the thing. But, you know, kind of maybe a part B of this one that I will not make excuses for my choices. I will own the entire experience is also being willing to look, get out of black and white thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, I say all the time, you know, to my clients, okay, maybe you're not willing to go to the gym or able to go to the gym, but what can you do? Right. Right. Instead of just focusing on the obstacle on what you're not willing to do, 
let's put energy towards what am I willing to do? Maybe I'm willing to do five or 10 minutes of body weight exercises or go for a walk. Mm. There are usually many other gradations of progress, of taking action other than the big thing that you chose. Right. And getting creative about those strategies, not, you know, caught in the cycle of shame that we didn't do it exactly the way that that. we thought we were going to do it. I like that. And that goes right into our second part of not allowing one slip up to become this landslide of shame. Right. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to be in a blame place, right? We don't want to blame our environment or our circumstances, but we also don't want to make one little thing define our whole journey or who we, how we feel about ourselves. Cause that will inevitably derail us as well and not enable us to be in a mindset that we can kind of move on and be creative about the next best choice. I mean, how many of us, you know, those of you listening, you'll tell yourself, okay, I already screwed up today what the heck, I'll have all the things, have the wine, have the pizza, whatever. You know, basically we kind of let ourselves off the hook because we've made, you know, one choice that we didn't feel good about. Let's kind of avoid that drama train and just move on to the next good choice. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. So the next one is, you know, understanding that you deserve to feel healthy and amazing, period. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Just knowing that you deserve that. And again, yeah. we can kind of hash that out in future yeah. podcasts. That's a big mindset shift. It is a huge I don't one. think that a lot of us probably have no idea what it feels like to feel healthy and or amazing. Mm. So that's, I think, our subconscious BS meter might go off just a little bit on that one. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm telling my clients, okay, just focus on the next step. Yeah. And, and you'll start to see that windshield start to clear. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And the last piece, which is just kind of a general truth that we want to make sure you're incorporating into this is knowing that you're not defined by your past choices. Yes. So the choices you're making right now have nothing to do with your past. So let's stay in the present. Yes. (laughs) And we will flesh this out so much more, you know, in the kind of in next installments of this, because this goes back to self-limiting beliefs, but your past only defines your present and future choices if you decide that it does. Right. Right. And we'll go into kind of how to let go of that baggage, but that is a fact. You are not defined by what you did 10 minutes ago. That does not prescribe your future choices unless you decide to let it. Absolutely. No, I love it. You put it so amazingly. Thank you. Well, we're going to wrap that up for today. Um, And Again, we'd love your feedback. We'd love to hear from you guys about, you know, if there's another part of this that you'd like for us to talk about, we'd be happy to incorporate that into our future podcasts. Um, But for now, we're looking forward to covering part two and part three and hashing this out even a little bit more. Yeah. So we're really talking about how to do the work because this is the piece that I think both of us, we struggle with as well. Let's just be honest. Okay. So, so we're talking to ourselves and each other as well as you guys, we're all in this together. I just want to remind you, we are not up here, uh, preaching at you. you. (laughs) We are also, you know, saying what we all, what we need to work on as well for ourselves. So we need to have grace with ourselves and each other and, you know, be vulnerable and get all this stuff kind of out in the open. So Go rock your week, ladies, and we will talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you next week.